Welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to, the audio educational anthology series, commercial and sponsor-free, doing it all here on the DIY, and I am Daddy Ben Bear, Ben Brown Jr., your host, show producer, webmaster, audio engineer, researcher, videographer, and writer. Yes, hope you're having a uh, wonderful near the end of summer. Yes, it's finally starting to cool down here after some absolutely grueling heat. My God, this year it's been, uh, it, I, I can't, I can't even. Parts of the West have just been roasting. It's just been awful. But, you know, climate change isn't real and all that stuff, kids, right? Ha, ha, ha. Alrighty. <laughs> it should be funny. You gotta make the best of a bad situation, right? And today we are looking at The Road to Nevermind. Nevermind, the second album by Nirvana, released 30 years ago next week, launched an alternative rock revolution with catchy, loud songs that cleared the air of the morass on commercial media in a way that no one saw coming. And children of the revolution, this is a personal story. Even for myself, who was 22 when all of this happened and already a fan of the group as the opening act for L7 in 1990, never did I realize that Nirvana's Nevermind would become the cultural landmark that it has become. I remember seeing the band twice in 1991, and off the record, a small independent music store in Hillcrest, a neighborhood in the downtown area of San Diego, and then opening for Dinosaur Jr. at Iguanas in Tijuana, Mexico. Upon hearing this new material, it hit me. This band is truly awesome. I also remember myself thinking that they might have a career like many of my favorite should-be-huge-but-weren't groups, such as the Stooges, Red Cross, or the Velvet Underground. They would be a band I would support through thick and thin, even years down the road. By the time of the release of Nevermind, the band, comprising of Kristen uh, Novoselic on bass and Kurt Cobain on vocals and guitar, had already cycled through several drummers, eventually landing on Dave Grohl from the Washington, D.C. hardcore band Scream, and their classic lineup was cemented. To give you an idea of what it was like, just 12 months earlier, in 1990, not a single rock album had topped the Billboard 200, only the first time since 1963 that this had occurred. The only loud records to reach the pole position in 91 were either hard rock or metal, nowhere close to punk at all. The success of Nevermind caught everyone, including the band and their label, by complete surprise. People heard about it, bought it when they could find it, raved about it, played about it constantly, and told everyone about the uh, trio as much as they could from little Aberdeen, Washington. The album also displaced um, uh, Michael Jackson in the process in early uh, January 1992. Even alternative music stations, which shied away from extremely heavy rock, and traditional rock stations, which shied away from anything unusual, could not help but be swept up in the tidal wave of Nirvana's impact that became the alternative rock revolution. Alrighty, and uh, we're going to be kicking all off with, uh, well, the most obvious choice, right? But my God, what a song. And I remember when the first time I heard it on the radio, it was like, this is something, I mean, it just didn't sound like anything else being broadcast anywhere. And I listen to a lot of music, obviously, right? <laughs> On a lot of different formats and things of this nature. And I was just blown away. I mean, I had no idea what the lyrics were. It was like this, when you hear old people talk about, you know, um, not that I'm not old. Yes, I am. But <laughs> people, sixes, you couldn't understand a word they were saying, but it was amazing. You just felt the energy of it all. And... Uh, what was interesting, uh, the label had such low expectations for the album, they only pressed about 50,000 copies. Many of them went to England, which where uh, Nirvana actually had a much bigger fan base at the time, and the Pacific Northwest, uh, their other large fan, large fan base. And as somebody who works in retail, the last thing you ever want to hear, right, or have to tell somebody is, I'm sorry, we don't have that. Nirvana's record was selling so quickly that record stores were actually out of the copies of it. And that is the difference between now and then. You would tell people like, you know, I'm going to the record store today to pick up this new release or something like that. It was a thing that you did. It was like a semi-event. It wasn't like something you had to do all the time, like washing your clothes. Let's hope you were going to the grocery store, blah, blah, blah. This was something you did that was special. And when you hear... Um, when you hear old folks talk about, and I get this to a point, you know, um, and again, to a point, why people treasure their music so much, right? It's because there was an investment in time. It wasn't just an investment in money, but it was also an investment in time. And it was a, it, something you actually had to get up off your ass and do, right? And 
you have to understand with alternative music, which was at that time previously called modern rock or college rock or art rock, um, just take your pick, um, many stores didn't carry titles like this initially. Um, that is how much Nirvana changed everything. It wasn't like something you could go at a, uh, Walmart, um, and then when it eventually did happen at Walmart, it was stickered. <laughs> Because reasons, because it was, it was that long ago. It wasn't like you just you know turn on your cell phone and just hear the record or something something of that nature. This is the lead single from Nevermind, and this is the funny thing: the label did not think that this was going to be the song. I don't know how anyone could have not thought this was the song, but traditionally with alternative rock acts um, that had been building a large fan base like U2 and REM at the time, um, you'd have one single and then maybe your second one really caught on with the public. Um, and they expected uh, Come As You Are, the second single, which you're going to be hearing a version of it later on in the show, um, to be the one that just really kind of pushed the album um, forward, the label actually thought that they might sell a half a million copies in a year. Well, within a year, the band had already sold eight million in the U.S. alone because reasons, I gather. People were ready for something new. I know I was. Um, if you'd heard the radio at the time, it was a lot of dance music, things of this nature. There was hip hop and there's genres I absolutely love. Uh, but the, the rock songs in particular were just about, you know, hey, baby, you got nice titties, and I'm going to the girls' school, and I want your cherry pie. I can't even make this up. I, it, it was awful. So here we are from 1991. This is Smells Like Teen Spirit, and we will see you at about the half-hour mark.
And welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to, the audio educational anthology series doing all here on the DIY, commercially sponsored free, and I'm still your all-around monkey bear, Daddy Ben Bear, Ben Brown Jr. And uh, today we're looking at um, 30th anniversary of Neverbind by Nirvana, yes. There's a whole bunch of Generation Xers going like, oh my god, I'm old. I'm like, yeah, and whatever. Let's recap what we've heard in the second part. First part of our show before we get into the second part. And um, just before the grand finale, I, there's an announcement I do need to make to the fans. So um, uh, let's recap what we've heard. Uh, kicked it all off with the lead single from Nevermind, Smells Like Teen Spirit, 1991. And you know what? There's a lot of people running around saying this may be one of the greatest singles of all time. I'm not here to argue this one, children. It never fails to just excite me. After that, live from here in Portland, Oregon, from 1990, um, from the Bleach Deluxe Edition, that was Love Buzz. And Love Buzz was a cover, and it was by a group called Shocking Blue, which we featured several times on this program. They're from the uh, Dutch capital of The Hague, yes. <laughs> Following that, from the, uh, it was a, a Kiss tribute record called Hard to Believe. It was released in Australia from 1990, Do You Love Me? And I know a lot of hipsters out there are just probably, you know, wanting to vomit right now because, you know, well, let's just, maybe you have nothing better to do. Um, A lot of the grunge and alternative rock acts and other acts were heavily influenced by 70s bands. Kiss, um, and particularly, believe this or not, Aerosmith. So, you know, Run DMC, Metallica, (laughs) Guns N' Roses, Nirvana. Right? Even R.E.M. covered one of their songs. Because, you know, there are no virgin births in music, and there are definitely no virgin births in rock and roll. <coughs> Already. After that, Pay to Play, uh, which was the Stay Away demo from, from 1991, from an album called DGC Rarities Volume 1, DGC for the David Geffen Company, which uh, for a while there, Geffen seemed to have like almost signed every alternative rock act of the early 1990s. It was kind of crazy. Unfortunately, there was never a DGC Rarities Volume 2. Well, and that was a home demo of Polly from 1999, uh, 1991-1991. Um, from the uh, box set with the lights out. And that is an incredibly disturbing song. It's told from the uh, uh, perspective of a man who has just sexually assaulted a woman. Yeah. Um, it's it's a trip. It's, it's Yeah, it's a hard thing to sometimes listen to. I'm not going to lie to you. Following that was Paper Cuts from their debut album, Bleach, from 1989. And after that, uh, the Breed demo. Breed eventually ended up on Nevermind. And it was originally called Emodium uh, from 1981, again, from With the Lights Out. And Emodium as well. <sighs> Excuse me. It's something you take when you're having stomach problems, and it's not a pretty thing. No, it is not. And it tastes like crap. And the song we just heard, School, uh, live in Seattle, Washington from 1991 from the Come As You Are CD single B-side. All right, speaking of Come As You Are, um, the second single, which uh, cemented uh, their status. And the interesting thing is, if you see the video, I mean, you see videos today, and everything's all high def and lit properly and all this. When you see this video, you can barely see the band, right? They're in shadows, they're in a distance, they're covered in water, it's... It's blurry. It's just like, how could this actually be a heavy rotation single in MTV at the time? But it was because, well, sometimes really, Children of the Revolution, it's all about the songs. I know. This seems like a hard concept to grasp at the moment, but really, it's all about the songs. This is a live version of it uh, from the Teatro Castello in Rome, Italy. Let me as you are, and we will see you just before the grand finale.
dropped me off at Grandpa Joe's. I kicked and screamed, said, please, Thank you. 
And welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to here on aceofspadespdx.com. Doing it all commercial and sponsor-free and on the DIY. So you're on Monkey Bear, Daddy Ben Bear. What is a monkey bear? <laughs> ben Brown Jr. <laughs> oh, I know what a monkey man is. That's so Rolling Stone 69. Let it bleed, baby, right? But here, we're actually not here to talk about the world's greatest rock and roll band. We're here to talk about one of the other great rock and roll bands in history, Nirvana. The Road to Nevermind, as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of their um, landmark LP, uh, a stunner from start to finish, if you don't own it, uh, stream it, whatever. You will not be disappointed if you're even interested slightly in rock and roll music. It's definitely gives... Um, gave a fresh new perspective on the phrase power trio. That is no joke. Let's recap what we've heard in the second part before we get into my uh, announcements and our finale. Kick it off with a live version of Come As You Are from 1991 from Live at Teatro Castello in Rome, Italy. Swap Me from Bleach, their debut, followed that from 1989. Sliver uh, from 1990, which was a single A-side, and that was purposely written by Kurt Cobain to be more poppy, uh, you know, as opposed to the grunge sound that they uh, basically helped invent uh, and popularize um, in order to get people ready for Nevermind. Following that, Something in the Way, a rehearsal version of that from 1991 from the Nevermind Deluxe Edition, actually recorded on Boombox, and that's why the quality is so terrible. After that, Curmudgeon uh, from 1981, which was a lithium CD single B-side, uh, again from uh, Bleach from 1989, Big Cheese, and the song we just heard. Actually, there are several versions of this that are floating around. This one is my personal favorite. From a BBC broadcast uh, from 1991, eventually appeared on the Odds and Sods album, Incesticide, which uh, came out uh, approximately a year after Nevermind and before their third and final uh, studio release um, in utero, Benison. Yes. And now the announcement. Um, for those of you who've been following me, uh, know that uh, my cancers have returned. It's been five years since I was on chemo. Uh, only two of them returned, and I had surgery uh, last Friday. Well, they were not able to remove everything, and that is just something I'm dealing with right now, as much as an incredible amount of pain. And they did surgery on, well, two different very sensitive places on my body. And I'm doing, I'm actually back at work after 36 hours. I went right back to work. I could stay at home and be miserable, or I could actually go to work and be miserable and get paid. <laughs> and I'm doing it without painkillers because, well, I just have to. I'm a former opiate addict as well, and why tempt fate, even though it's been decades? Don't cry for me, Argentina. I have so many wonderful things to be grateful for. I have incredibly competent care. Um, I, uh, I have fantastic health insurance. I have love at home. I have wonderful friends, uh, support system, uh, family, and of course at work, they've been absolutely a hundred kinds of fantastic as well. And, um, as I mentioned in a show earlier this year, uh, instead of uh, don't cry for me, I, I truly mean this, let's focus on what we can do for healthcare dis uh, disparities uh, for everyone else because they are everywhere. And it is sad because there are probably people who are going through the exact same thing I'm right now and don't even have a fraction of what I have. So, all right. With all that being said, our final song. So, in the UK, the band had a uh, devoted following, and there was an alternative rock festival called the Reading Festival. Well, Nirvana were bottom of the bill, and then Nevermind happened, and all of a sudden, they're headlining. And uh, it, was, it was the beginning, unfortunately, of uh, the bands not wanting to be major superstars because it was really starting to crush them. They didn't expect all the attention they were getting, um, and it was very, very hard for them. They just wanted to play and, and you know make music and things of this nature, and all of a sudden, you got a microphone shoved up in your face asking you, you know, telling you you're the spokesman for a generation, and like, we're just a rock and roll band, but obviously some people didn't get it. And uh, though what's wonderful about the show, you can actually hear it in the performances, and at the end of this particular performance, the band were really feeling a high from being just finally making it. Um, it was a moment. Unfortunately, two and a half years later, it would all come crashing down. But this is just wonderful. And if you have questions, feedback, comments, dedications, love letters, and requests, you can always drop me a line at daddybenbear. One word, daddybenbear at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram, tw uh, LinkedIn, or Twitter. <laughs> I said twinkton or litter. <laughs> you wonder some days. Or on my design site at aospdx.com. Find me on the contact page. Love to you all. Live at Reading Festival in 1991, this is Lithium. I'm so happy, cause today I found my friends. 
God. 